your hosts Jeannie Walters and Adam Toporek are two of the most recognized and respected names in customer experience, and they have dedicated themselves to helping you improve your customer experiences. Adam, I know you care a lot about, you know, clothes. <laughs> okay, I'm out. We're done. <laughs> I don't even know. What, if you're starting that way, I think the episode's already over. <laughs> Oh, well, today we're talking about subscription boxes, which have be- which have like exploded in the last few years. It seems like everywhere you turn, there's a new box that you can get delivered right to you by, you know, mysterious means personalized for you, your family, your kids, your dog, whatever you want, you can get a box delivered. And one of the ones that really took off from the beginning is Stitch Fix. Have you heard of Stitch Fix? It's clothing, right? Yeah. You see, how I just guessed that because it says Stitch, and you mentioned I clothing. Like, I, I, I know, and they, they I, have heard of I it mean, though. they have a great story. It's really interesting, but I think one of the things that I noticed was that um, before I really heard about it on the business pages, I was starting to hear about it from my neighbors and my friends who were saying, "Look at this! I got this from Stitch Fix, and it's so cool." And so I think most people kind of dove in thinking, wow, this is amazing. Like who goes to the store anymore? Who does this? We, we do so much online shopping and delivery seemed like a no brainer. The challenge that they overcame, which I think most of these have is that um, instead of just getting clothes and being like, you will wear these, (laughs) you, I mean, obviously some clothes fit better than others. Some we like, we don't like whatever Um, they made returning really easy and they also made it so that you could talk directly, you could chat with your stylist, you could send ideas, all these things. Now, but you're getting new clothes every month or every certain period. How does that mm-hmm. work? Because we're talking about subscription boxes. So, like, right. How does that work? So, basically, you give them a range, a pretty close range of here's about what I want to spend every month, and here are how many pieces I want. And you can even customize, like, do not send me shoes. Do not send me jewelry. Um, don't, you know, send me things that are uh, short skirts or whatever based on where you work and what you do. So um, the idea of it is very custom. It feels very, very personal. When they started, they had, you know, real stylists and they still have several. But then they moved. They started moving to AI and they started moving to um algorithms essentially that told the you know the stylist on the other end here's here's what they would like next and this is totally subjective and totally outside of any data (laughs) so I'm just going to say that but what started happening that I noticed was that some of my friends and neighbors who had sold me on this idea they actually started saying things like it's not the same because they're I feel like my stylist isn't listening to me and it's because the stylist really wasn't <laughs> because the stylist was a bot <laughs> uh-huh. and um, they're listening. They're just not understanding. Exactly. And so I thought this was so interesting because you brought up this topic to discuss about how all these subscription boxes actually are amazing for data because if I send something back, they know that maybe I don't like that or maybe I, that's not my thing immediately. And so then they can change you know, the algorithm can respond to that. AI can respond to that and be like, oh, right. Do not send genie hula skirts in 
you know, January because she lives in Chicago <laughs> um, or whatever. Well, that was specific. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never received a hula skirt, just to be clear. But uh, but I think the whole idea of it is really um, it's really interesting because it sounds perfect. It sounds like if you get this data of what people, what the customers are sending back and what they're keeping, that tells you so much about them. But in reality, even though the example I used, they made returning super simple, like the the envelope was in there. There were very easy instructions, but you got a bonus. You got a little discount if you kept a certain number of items. So you had to actually weigh the value of, okay, do I want to send this back for $10 or do I want to get $12 off of my whole order here because that way I'll get that discount. So there was a value equation in returning something, not just, oh yeah, I love it and I'm going to keep it. So I think that as much as we want data to be perfect and tell us everything about our customers, it really is challenging to really understand, you know, the human experience. Um, but I can see why why marketers and why suppliers and everybody are getting so excited about this because the data that you can get is so much richer than somebody who goes and browses through a store and happens to buy something that one day and then maybe brings it back six months later. Maybe they never bring it back, but it hangs in their closet forever. So you don't really understand their tastes and styles and preferences. With this, it's immediate feedback, which can be really, really helpful. Well, yeah, I mean, it, and it's not just individual feedback. So, I mean, so a lot of traditional retailers are getting into this Walmart, Target, mm-hmm. Gap. They are hopping on the yep. bandwagon. Nordstrom uh, bought Trunk Club a, a while ago, and that, oh, that they was were, the one I know. Trunk Club, yeah. That's the name of it. Okay. And Nordstrom bought them because they wanted in on this. So, right. yeah, I mean, so, but the thing it does, not just individual. So, what happens the way a lot of these work, I guess, is you know the first few deliveries gives you like a feedback loop on your data mm-hmm. where the machine starts to learn about you mm-hmm. and then. And I don't know about your stitch fix and your, your friends, but you know, the co- the concept at least is then it really starts to understand the do's and the don'ts around what you want. Right. And that's, and that's powerful individually, but here's what gets even better. This is all immediate data that they now have across everyone. Right. So when right. they get, you know, 90% don'ts on something, boom, they know, mm-hmm. bye-bye, we're not doing that anymore, right? right? Uh, they, that's where, I mean, how, how do you compare that to somebody walking in, buying a sweater, uh, you know, off a rack in a department store, checking out, you don't know if the sweater was for them, their mm-hmm. grandma, their kid, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. right? You don't, you don't know who, if it, yeah, you don't know anything about who bought it unless you're matching maybe the credit card data and some stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's an immense, uh, you know, it's just very interesting how organizations are using every action we take as a data point to understand us. Well, and in a way, the subscription box thing is actually taking some of the script from dating apps. You know, like dating apps often use these types of algorithms to figure out and to be clear, I have not used a dating app because I've been married way too long, but um, he's been swiping left for a while. <laughs> but uh, it actually will not only tell them about the individual, 
and what they're looking for as far as, okay, we know that this guy likes brown hair or whatever it is. But it also tells them about segments of society and what they actually are looking for as well. So if you think about these subscription boxes, you can start seeing trends across demographics. You could start seeing trends across uh, age groups, uh, neighborhoods, professions, all sorts of things. Because part of the customization means that as the individual consumer, we are actually saying, here's all of my personal information. <laughs> Use it as you will. You know, like I will give you everything. They know, um, you know, for these clothing ones, they know measurements, they know weight, they know uh, sizing, they know all of these things about people. For the um, there are some that I've seen that are subscription boxes aimed at parents for children. So things like, and we actually used one for a while that um, came with these little kits that were like mechanical things that could be built. Um, there are all sorts of maker kits. There are craft kits. There are, uh, there's one that teaches kids about different parts of the world. So they get a little suitcase and then they get to uh, learn about these different things. They get stories and food and things from all over the world so that they can experience that. There are so many food ones now that are really about uh, the experience of creating a meal together. So the fact that we are basically saying when we sign up for these services, here's a whole bunch of information that is personal because that way I'll I'll get a more personalized experience back. That gives them an incredibly deep uh, you know, pool of resources that can, um, and data that can be used for not only determining what this individual person, but also determining what's going to work in the marketplace in a year. What can we, what can we actually predict with trends and things like that? So that part I find really exciting. The part that I think is still challenging, no matter what, is that we are still humans. And every once in a while, we're not going to match that data. And so that's going to feel like we're not being heard. It's not personalized. And at the end of the day, one of the biggest drivers around feeling connected to a brand is feeling known and recognized. And so if we start feeling that is not being fulfilled, then we're going to start canceling these boxes. So I'm curious what's going to happen in the future. Well, I, you know, I'm thinking about this as you're talking through it. And so this is a sort of an unformed idea, but you know, I would imagine that a lot of these companies are really i mean they, they certainly want subscribers and attrition one they're all using vc money so they need those numbers to get more <laughs> vc money so just to be crass mm -hmm. um but besides that you know i think when they're more mature they probably are less concerned with you know sort of minor attrition as cull culling their customer base for the most valuable customers. Mm -hmm. And when you think of a subscription box model, I would assume the biggest, you know, other than maybe experiential problems, uh, service issues, I would assume the biggest reason is the box just doesn't fit what you want, right? That people cancel. Right. You know, just, I'm just not using the box every month. Whatever's in it, I don't like this, I don't like that. Um, but, you know, I think over time, particularly as they reach maturity in each subscription, that is going to be less of a concern. I mean, nobody wants to lose a customer, but if they are continuing to sort of find who their customer is and the ones that are going to have the most lifetime value and mm -hmm. to target around them, they're going to, just by the nature of this type of service, you know, 
sort of attrite a good number of customers doing that. Right. Right. Well, and I think the, you know, it's funny you say that because I bet like Nordstrom and some of the classic retail stores would like to do that and they don't always have a mechanism to do that. So this is where I think the, the power is with this type of data. Um, but I don't no. know. I, it's going to be fun to watch like what subscription box could possibly be next at this point, because it feels like we've seen a little bit of everything, but um, you know, they're they're Yeah. I think they're doing it all wrong personally. Really? What I do think, you have? Yes. I think what they do is the first box just comes with a piece of paper in it that says, give us your Facebook login. And then they don't need to do all this research yeah. and all this. <laughs> they just, well, they do. Yeah. They ask for that in some cases. They say, if you're comfortable, let us let us do this. And that way they can get to know you a little bit better. So they're already doing that, Adam. They're asking. They're saying, let's be friends. There's a, <laughs> there's a reason I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That would creep you out. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, uh, it's just another way that this type of um, data revolution that we're kind of experiencing is impacting our our world our daily lives the way we shop the way we interact what we do at home all sorts of things so just you know the robots they're coming they're they're coming there's nothing well, just to say yes just understand this it used to be the 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 saying online with uh, free services like facebook is you know if you're not paying you are the product right i, I want to be clear to everybody even if you are paying you're still the product now <laughs> That's true. That it is, is true. It has changed. You're basically yeah. the product for any service that has any remotely, uh, any kind of remotely digital component. Mm -hmm. You are the product as well as the customer. Well, and I, I bet a lot of people who have signed up for these things and provided all of that very personal information have not thought twice about it because they think about it as that one experience that they're having to get their personalized experience. But yes, you're absolutely right. If you're if you're giving away all of your personal information, you are actually giving them <laughs> part of uh, part of the product <laughs> that they're selling, whether you know it or not. Exactly, and then you know that's from the company standpoint. You got to do it up. Just be aware as a consumer. I mean, that's you, right. It's finding the balance because I mean, if I'm advising the company, I'm going to tell them to get every piece of data they can get. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to hope that the companies I talk to are using it ethically and are mm -hmm. you know responsible about it. Uh, but of course, you want to know. I mean, this has been our goal since before all of this, right? It's always been get to know your customers. Right. Now right. you can just do it in really Orwellian and creepy ways, <laughs> <laughs> right? But you can still do it. And you can, you know, a lot of companies uh, take it seriously and use it ethically. So yep. it's not by default bad. Just know that once you give it, it doesn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that creepy note. <laughs> hey, I was making a pro uh, pro company statement. There what are you, you talking go. about? <laughs> there you go. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we, you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna do anything with your data today. We're just gonna let you listen to us. How's that? <laughs> That's our agreement. Wow. <laughs> so if you haven't yet subscribed, of course we do like that. So please go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast to crack the customer code. Our subscribers get newly released episodes immediately. 
and of course, our undying gratitude. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. We appreciate you spending your time with us. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can learn more about me and our trademarked customer experience investigation process and more at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Tabork, and you can learn more about me, my keynote speaking, customer service workshops, and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.